Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. I am your freedom coach, this is Don Scott Damon, and I'm so thankful that you have joined us this evening. Tonight we're going to talk about overcoming fear. I know for so many women, fear has a huge place in their life, holding you captive and keeping you back from the things that God really designed for you to do. Well, tonight we're going to talk about fear, but I'm not alone. I've got the sisters in the house with me tonight. (laughs) Hey, girls. Hi. I have Christy Zakis. Christy, give some love to the people listening tonight. Good evening, everyone. So blessed to be here. And Abby Grelia. Abby, you've been with us before. Welcome back. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, give a shout-out. Give some love. Yeah, it's an honor. Happy to be here. Wonderful. Well, hey, you guys, I just want to talk, have a conversation, the first part of this program, and then towards the end, we're going to give some steps on how to overcome fear. But let's just define it a little bit. Talk about the nature of fear. And I'd love to hear your testimonies. You know, have you struggled with fear and is it fear and anxiety? Are they two different things? You know, they all come from the family, but let's talk about that. First of all, let's just say that there are times where we recognize that fear is an emotion, and mm-hmm. that emotion of fear will come to us, but we also know that fear is an entity. It mm-hmm. is a spirit, and the Bible even tells us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, meaning our own personal spirit, of course, we shouldn't have a demeanor or a core or an affect of fear, fear fear-based identity, but he's given us love, power, and a sound mind. But the use of that word also indicates that spirit of fear is an entity. It is a demonic spirit, and it has a manifestation. Fear can grip us. Mm-hmm. and fall upon us and mm-hmm. take control in our life and speak to us and scare us. Mm-hmm. And that's the nature of fear, right? Mm-hmm. So let's get into this a little bit. Um, who wants to who wants to talk about this? Have either one of you guys struggled with fear? And just give a brief testimony of how maybe fear operated in your life or still is a still ongoing battle for you? Well, this is Christy, and I have absolutely dealt with fear throughout my lifetime, even as a small child. It's something that I feel the enemy has used against me. Um, Definitely anxiety-based sometimes, Mm -hmm. some panic attacks, Mm -hmm. (laughs) even things like that. And can absolutely say that it's debilitating. When we don't believe what God says is true about us, it definitely allows the enemy to come in and put some false beliefs in there that manifest themselves um, in almost a a paralyzing way. So that we feel... Um, not as confident moving forward in the ways that we know God has moved us. Sure. Now, I've experienced anxiety and panic attacks as well, and I know that often that is a chemical thing. That's a physical thing, and it affects the brain so that the, the centers of the brain that control fear and all of that. But in addition to the anxiety, then, it created fear for me in my life that, oh, I'm I'm not going to be well or I'm not going to be able to live my life or raise my children and so I understand fear it is it was physical but it also became emotional and spiritual. Mm-hmm. Did you experience that? Oh, absolutely. It's multifaceted mm-hmm. and I think 
Personally, I've had a lot of success utilizing some of the modern-day medicines that doctors mm-hmm. have available to help get those chemicals right. But, um, yeah, I believe that it can spill over to other areas of your life so that it's not just a one panic attack situation, but you're living with that fear of it occurring mm-hmm. again or it does shake your confidence again with the plans that Unigo has for you. It starts to make you question yourself mm-hmm. and even question the gifts God's given you. In fact, um, not too long ago in my life, the enemy had me in such a fearful place that I wondered, I questioned my own faith. Am I, is my faith not strong enough mm-hmm. that way I'm not getting through, um, you know, these fear episodes? And what I found is that with the help of medication, with the help of um, some great therapists who yeah. know how to work through that, and obviously through just the power of the Holy Spirit, um, it's a journey that anyone can get through. If I can get through it, anyone can get through it. But it's it's a process. That's beautiful hope that you're offering today, that anybody can break through fear with this three-pronged approach, the power of God and the, the Holy Spirit. You said good medical science with medicines if need be. We shouldn't be afraid of those as Christians. It's ridiculous mm-hmm. to be afraid of. Suffering comes from Satan. God gives medications that allow to us to live the life and leave suffering. And then a good therapist talking and identifying your fear. Um, I want to come back to you in a minute. I want to ask you if you know where fear entered or how do you, how do you, you've struggled with fear since you were a little girl. Mm-hmm. And um, if you know where it came from, I'm going to ask you that in just a second. But, Abby, what about you? Have you experienced fear in in your life? I have, yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, And it's interesting because I feel like it's gone in phases, and Christy touched on this. It's multifaceted. When I was young, I definitely experienced that immobilizing spirit of fear. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I could honestly tell you that it, it would come on me and and sometimes the only thing I could do was say the name of Jesus Mm -hmm. and it it had to leave and I had to continue to practice that but at that phase that fear was attacking my identity Mm -hmm. who I am Um, you know attacking the fact that I am strong in Christ that he sees me whole that he has purpose for my life that I am loved by him that's what it was attacking it was attacking my identity um, making me believe that I was uh, weak and feeble and um, unable, mm-hmm. just w- to not, you know, to not go into too much detail. But there was there was a lot of that, and that was many years, many years mm-hmm. of battling that. And then, you know, it's kind of come into a circumstantial fear. You have nephews and nieces and loved ones and a spouse and. So then there's the anxiety of, yes. could something happen to them? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I could just see. And then the scenario plays out in your mind, and you just have to come against that in Jesus' name and take every thought captive and say no. Absolutely. The battleground really is in the mind, and we know that. That's not a you know, new revelation to us. And yet how often do we allow these scenarios to go on in our mind moment after moment, and we forget, hold it, wait a minute, stop, that is warfare. You are being attacked. Mm -hmm. Your sound mind is being contested by the enemy, and he's getting away with it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about that in a minute, how we shut that down and pull down those vain imaginations. But that's how the enemy works with fear. He whispers in your ear, Mm -hmm. you're not enough. God's not enough. You can't do this. Mm -hmm. What if? If only all of those thoughts 
And um, even just the, the sensation and the emotion of fear, your heart racing. Mm-hmm. Every woman can identify with walking through a, a dark parking garage or down the street and all of a sudden this is fear just comes on you. Mm-hmm. Not that there's not some wisdom in some of the emotion <laughs> of fear that God gives us, but to take authority of that and not allow that those scary, fearful scenarios to play out in our head. Mm-hmm. But... Um, so, all right, Christy, what about you? Um, both of you girls, and that's why we're talking about fear today, because I do know your lives, and I know that all three of us have battled with fear. I, too, battled with fear when I was little. I I know for me it came in with trauma mm-hmm. um, during the, the you know abuse that I experienced, the sexual abuse as a child, that through that trauma, the spirit of fear got in there. And then it came in again in, in young adulthood when my daughter was hit by a a truck Mm -hmm. and almost killed and then that fear came even another wave of it something was going to happen to somebody I love somebody's going to get killed every time the phone rings just this cold you know rush go through my body that what's going to be on the other end Mm -hmm. and I, I really identify the fact that fear snuck in as as a spirit to attack torment buffer you know just just to plague me, mm-hmm. just for the sport of it. Yeah. Satan wants to just toy with us because we're the object of God's love and affection. Yeah. How about you? How did how? When was your earliest understanding of that, or how do you think fear got a grip on you? That's a great question because I was so young. Um, my parents often joke that my memory is scary. <laughs> so I remember being about three years old, and that was the time my brother was born. And because of the way our home was set up, my bedroom went from being upstairs with my parents to then down on the lower level of the house. And they were just a flight of stairs away, but I remember that was when I first started to begin and understand um, what it meant to ask Jesus into my heart. That's when I started to have spiritual memories of just wanting to know who Jesus was. But at night, I remember laying in my bed terrified that Satan was going to come through my window and steal me. And I remember going through that night after night. And I think, obviously, being that little, maybe just even being separated from my parents by the floor was enough to um, allow that spirit to come in. But I I really had a very, very real fear um, many years throughout childhood that I would be stolen away by the enemy. And being so young, I mean, it has to have been a spirit. I didn't go through a trauma. I didn't go through anything like that. But it was um, just something that Satan continued to play to my mind. I'm going to steal you away. You're not safe. Mm -hmm. So it started back that young. And then it's interesting as I got into elementary school and started socializing with people, um, he then used that fear as almost a social anxiety situation where then I began to fear man mm-hmm. and fear what others thought of me. But mm-hmm. it started when I was very young, about three years wow. old. Wow. That's really incredible. Just, you know, there's no fault of anyone, but just that separation anxiety, that was a reality for you. Yeah. And I think about often, you know, parents, how we we will discipline our children and say, now that's enough, and you just, but we're not paying attention to the fact that their little spirit or soul may be in trauma. Oh, there is yeah. separation anxiety, or there is something going on. Um, my son has been discussing with me, he's got two daughters, and now they have a baby boy coming, but he said the oldest one, you can just be stern with her, and you can look at her, and you know, but the little one, if you even 
think about looking at her with a mean face, she will burst into tears. Mm. He goes, I'm learning how to reparent yes. because she, her spirit is so different. Yeah. And so we do have to pay attention to the little spirit and psyche of each child. And for you, that apparently was enough to where you felt isolated and separated and yes. that fear snuck in. Yes, and it was, I don't think at all coincidental with that was also the time where I was really, just even that young age, seeking who is Jesus, who is this Christ, how do yes. I get him in my heart? So I don't think that's coincidental. Right, that those, um, spiritual. Spiritual over as, as mm-hmm. three-year-olds. I mean, no yes. one is too young for Satan to... I think be able to maybe see an anointing on their life mm-hmm. and to see that they are, you know, mm-hmm. God has great plans. Mm-hmm. And so I believe from a very young age, um, you know, like you said, for sport as well, mm-hmm. he had it out for me to try to keep me from the things that God had planned. Yeah. Wow. Oh gosh, Abby, totally. what about you? How did how did you first recognize fear in your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying, Christy. Children are so impressionable and perceptive, and the Bible tells us that the enemy is the father of lies, and I don't think that children are exempt from that. Um, You know, he is trying to exactly um, get them to agree with a lie. So anytime we agree with a lie, it doesn't mean it's one time. It could be many times, but anytime we agree with a lie, we're agreeing with what the enemy is saying instead of agreeing with the truth of what God, our Father in Heaven, says. Mm-hmm. And so there have been, I think, many times that something has um, come my way that I've believed, whether knowingly or unknowingly. So, um, you know, when I was young, I believed that I took in some of my parents' fears and believed some of the things that they were believing. I perceived what was happening, and I... I picked up on their fear and their anxiety, and mm-hmm. so I think that that's when some of it came in. I had some medical issues when I was young, so there mm-hmm. was some some trauma there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I don't mean to interrupt you, but that is a very important thing too, and we are discovering more and more about medical trauma mm-hmm. and the fear that comes in with that. Mm-hmm. And the you talked about questioning your confidence or your ability. That medical trauma is a very frightening thing that mm-hmm. really attacks also. That's why we always pray and cover our family or our children with the blood of Christ and, and put angels about them in spiritual protections mm-hmm. when they're going into the hospital or that because of that. Yeah. Because of that fear. Yeah, it's very important. And you know, not all medical personnel are there for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. So some people may not have the tender care that sure. people need. Mm-hmm. That bedside manner is very important. The bedside mm-hmm. manner is very important. Yeah. So, you know, I experienced some bad bedside manner. Um, <laughs> but also as a teenager, I was in a relationship um, where I was consistently raped and sexually abused. And mm-hmm. so I, too, have struggled with that fear of being kidnapped or taken mm-hmm. for, um, you know, sexual trafficking and whatnot. And then, of mm-hmm. course... Anytime, again, anytime we believe a lie, whether knowingly or unknowingly, we take God's truth, God himself, off the throne of our hearts, and we allow that lie to reign in that space. And so mm-hmm. if I somehow, if I believe a lie, you know, whether it be um, that I could be kidnapped or if it's we're not going to have enough money, at that point I give in to what the enemy has mm-hmm. for that Base in my heart, he mm-hmm. wants to destroy, right? Mm-hmm. Kill, steal, and destroy. Absolutely. So let's talk about just for a moment some of the things that we can do to alleviate fear and 
overcome it and banish it. Now, I don't know that we're going to banish all fear. That's part of the human existence. Mm -hmm. We are going to experience that emotion of fear. And like we said earlier, sometimes the emotion of fear is a healthy thing. If I see oncoming traffic, I have a healthy respect and fear of that. (laughs) I I don't step out into the street. And so, but we are to manage fear. We are Mm -hmm. to control fear. Fear is not to control us. Mm -hmm. And again, like we've said, there's a, a, a... an insidious demonic side of fear that is a very effective tool in the mm-hmm. enemy's hands mm-hmm. to keeping us from experiencing uh, God's best. So one of the first things that we need to do with fear is acknowledge it. I've heard mm-hmm. both of you say you came to a place where you recognized, you named it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about recognizing, naming, and acknowledging your fear where you get to the place where you say, This is not normal. Not everybody is going through this. I am being tormented by fear. Mm -hmm. Somebody want to talk about how you recognize it? Well, I think it's really helpful to just get in the place where you're mindful of what your thought process is. For so many years, I would just kind of let my mind run wild Mm -hmm. before I realized that, hey, I can identify these thoughts. Like you said, the battlefield is in the mind. Right. um, a really helpful analogy I heard once that I use to this day, uh, we call them billboard thoughts. So it's as if I'm driving down a highway and I might have a fear thought, I recognize it immediately, but I treat it like a billboard that I just drove by. If that makes any sense. Yes. Like I saw it, I looked it, I identified it, but now it's in my rearview mirror because so I'm not going to dwell on it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to parking your car in front of the billboard, sitting there and staring at it. Right. So, and also, it's important to not self-judge. When those billboard thoughts come in, that's okay. Like, it's a process. And I think oftentimes, not only does Satan like to paralyze us with fear, but then there's guilt and judgment that comes along with the fact that we're afraid. So, Okay, so let's stop there and start over again. So you're saying for you, and I love that analogy, that thoughts are going to come. Yes. All right? So we we don't own the thoughts that come. Just they a, come. It, I think about when Christ was tempted by the enemy. You know, temptation itself is not a sin. Right. And it's the same thing when you're learning to deal with anxiety. And then the anxious thought coming into my mind, that's not a sin. No. What it is is if I sit there all day and I dwell and on dwell it. And dwell on it. Yeah. So you say, and I agree, when the thoughts come, don't get condemned. Don't, oh, my word, here's another thought. Right. But understand, it is a fiery dart being launched in your mind by Mm -hmm. the enemy or just fear in our environment. Mm -hmm. It's a thought. You let it pass through. Mm -hmm. Don't overreact to it, Mm -hmm. but don't underreact. Mm -hmm. But definitely don't park there and meditate on it and sit there in fellowship with a fearful thought. I say out of my breath often, I'll replace that immediately when I have a, a fearful thought that'll come. I'll say, thank you, Jesus, that this or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know what, Satan, if every time you send me a fearful thought, I give God praise and thanks, eventually you're not going to want to keep trying to, you know, Mm -hmm. fire those darts. But I, or I will say, that's not my thought. And I bust the enemy out. That's not my thought. Absolutely. We need to be confident in doing that because he is there whispering in our ear and we don't have, we need to be mindful of when that happens and then reject that. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you said you learned that it's like a billboard. Mm-hmm. That was the first part. And then the second part was don't judge yourself for it. Yeah. Which we've we'll, talked about. We'll calm. We all have fears. It's, I think, you know, a normal part of human nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they're 
not logical when they're racing, when they're, you know, coming at us and we do feel they're spiritual, um, it's so important to then go to the word God and say, well, what does God say about me? What does God say about this? Mm-hmm. And that's, um, I, I can't think there's no yeah, better hope right. than to believe the truth. There's a booklet that says um, who I am in Christ. Yes. And I love it and I keep it with me often because that is a great tool when those fears come up to say, no, that's not true. This is what God says about me. And then I'm going to keep driving down the highway and I'm not going to let that billboard fear thought wreck my day or have any influence on how I'm moving forward. Because we all know what's going to happen if you stare in the rearview mirror. You're going to crash. Yeah. (laughs) So acknowledging it for you is naming it, understanding it, and dismissing it as not your thought and not getting into judgment. Mm -hmm. But as you said, replacing the thought, or I like to call it flip the script, which, Abby, I think is something that you talk about a lot, identifying the fear and then replacing it with God's truth. Yes, and I was just thinking that, and what you said, Christy, I do that. That's so cool, but that's the best way to explain it because that's so true that they come and you can just pass them by and say, that's not God. For instance, we just opened our pool for the summer, and I remember having just a thought that my nephew, my two-year-old nephew, was going to fall in it. And I'm like, no, that's not that's not my thought. And I rejected it, and mm-hmm. I just drove past like a billboard. Mm-hmm. There are also other times where the enemy or the spirit of fear will continue to attack a certain area. So the enemy could be a continuing to attack your purpose or continuing to attack your marriage or continuing to attack relationships or finances or whatever. And so in that moment... I say, okay, Lord, is there a lie that I'm believing? Show me if I believed a lie or what I believe about myself or when this came in, if there was a door open and I let the Holy Spirit speak to me about what is happening there and then I deal with that. Mm -hmm. Because if there's an open door, whether it's a lie or an inner vow or a belief about myself or someone else, a judgment whatever it could be, unforgiveness, Mm -hmm. repent, renounce, break agreement with that thing in Jesus' name and get it out of your life because the enemy has no place, but if he can get a foothold, then he can take ground. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, we are saying that we acknowledge the fear. We see that that we're struggling with fear. Mm -hmm. We name it. Mm -hmm. We identify. We put boundaries to it. You know, we're not going to be afraid of everything. Here's the fear. Here's the way it's working. Put boundaries around the fear And um, then you said just to replace it with the truth. And those are powerful steps. Sometimes recognize also that, you know, the brain is an amazing, powerful thing. We know that. Mm -hmm. And we have associations that are very powerful. For example, uh, I remember one time in my life, and I was down on my hands and knees, and I was wiping the floor because somebody had spilled something. And when I was wiping the floor, I started singing this song. And I didn't think anything of it. And the next day, I remember I had to get on the floor again because, you know, kids are kids. And I was wiping something up, and I started singing that song again. And I thought, what? That's so funny. This is deja vu. I just did this. And then the next thing I remember is that song came on the radio, and I pictured myself on the floor, Hmm. washing the floor. And I said, that is so funny, I have created an association Mm. with that song and washing the floor in my brain. It's triggering. Mm -hmm. And so what we have to do sometimes is break the cycle or break the associations, break those triggerings by redoing something Mm -hmm. 
Joyce Meyer often says, do it afraid. Yeah. Do something afraid. Because until we break that association, every, for example, every time you get in the mirror and brush your teeth, you might think about the same thing because your brain mm-hmm. is going, okay, this is what we do, and then we do that, and we do, mm-hmm. and then we have this thought. Stop. It's thought. It's called thought interruption. Mm-hmm. We stop that pattern, break that association, yeah. and we can do that through uh, just changing the habit, changing up the routine, mm-hmm. singing a different song, speaking mm-hmm. the word out loud. A lot of people try to do their warfare in their head without speaking it. No, you need to open up your mouth and you need to put those words out into the atmosphere, out loud, speak it out loud, mm-hmm. and to break that fear. <laughs> Yeah, so we're absolutely. go ahead. Yeah, I was just thinking too. Um, one of the greatest things too I was um, blessed to learn in therapy is that when we're faced with a fear or with a difficult situation, we have four choices. Um, the first choice is if there's a problem that you can solve, solve the problem. So mm-hmm. if there's financial issues because you know you haven't been doing your budget right, or if there's marital issues because you're not communicating right, whatever the issue may be. If you can solve the problem, don't be afraid to move forward and solve it. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing is oftentimes um, we need to experience an emotion, but it needs to be in a healthy context. For example, if someone dies, it's okay to feel sad, right? right, right. Or, you know, if someone's in the hospital, it's okay to feel a little worried. Um, But it's all engaging, am I I, uh, experiencing the emotion in an appropriate level? Inappropriate, right. The third option is to do um, just some distress tolerance. So, and that kind of goes along with what you were saying with breaking associations. So, if I'm continually having the same thought or the same fear, um, I need to find a way around that, whether it's taking a walk or um, reading a good book or calling a good friend or just some way to break that through that cycle. Right. And then the fourth option always makes me giggle because the fourth option is be miserable. Right. <laughs> so given those four options, I right. think it's cool that um, the Lord does give us, give us options and that those are four that I learned through my good therapist yeah. that have helped me a lot. Right. So I, I don't choose number four, be miserable. I... <laughs> Try to right. you know find somewhere in the other three options that will help me get past that specific time of fear. Yes, that's great. And to take control of our fear <clears throat> is our responsibility. We know that God wants to set us free. He doesn't want us living in fear. God wants us to be free from that. But we have to choose it. Yeah, you, you use the word because yes. you can choose be miserable. That yes. is option that, four. Yes. So you know, I have had days where I had to look back and confess, like, wow, I did. I chose to be miserable today, and that, that was my choice. Right. So we don't have to make that choice. We don't have. God to. has given us other options. <laughs> right. And so choosing a different option other than being miserable, we can choose to be overcomers. We can choose to renew our mind. So for the believer, we know that is again opening up our mouths praising God, mm-hmm. using the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We know that we open up our mouth and we speak his word. Mm-hmm. And we tell our brain, we tell our mind, we take control. Our spirit man should be in control. Not our emotions, not mm-hmm. our feelings. They're wonderful. They're God-given. Love them. But they have their place yes. in my life. And so my spirit man is to rule and terrain. I'm to walk in the spirit. So I say, this day I choose. I will think on things that are pure and right and lovely. Mm-hmm. I tell my mind what to think on. Yeah. I tell my brain what it will receive and what it won't receive. Mm-hmm. Now, be prepared. That's going to be contested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we take authority over that. So we acknowledge our fear. 
we put fear in its rightful context and have the appropriate emotions and feelings, we open our mouth and we speak the Word of God, we pray the Word of God, and we replace the lie with the truth. The truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we meditate on the truth. Mm-hmm. And the truth will set us free. Right. So any other um, parting thoughts about overcoming fear? Abby, anything? Yeah. Um, I think of my heart as a garden. My husband and I have a garden this year. And so we're turning up the soil and we're planting the seed and we're getting out the weeds and the rocks and... Australia, I'm doing the same thing. (laughs) We have to put a cover over the ground so that those weeds don't come back, and we've got to take care of the seed that we've planted. And and the Bible refers to our heart in the same way. Mm -hmm. There's a garden, and different things can come in, lies and whatnot. And um, I just, the Holy Spirit has ministered to my heart about this topic so much just this year as we've been working on our garden. But when I take care of those things, what he has planted is free to grow. So the, the, the truth is that I don't have a spirit of fear. The truth is that I have a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And that can grow when I take care of those other things and I can choose, just like what both of you have said, I can choose what I'm going to think on, whatever is pure and noble and mm-hmm. good report, I will think on these things. And and sometimes, for me anyways, it takes, Holy Spirit, what do you want to replace that with? Because sometimes I can't replace it in and of myself and he will replace it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a phenomenal thing. It's a phenomenal tool. He is my confidant mm-hmm. and he will lead us in that that truth. Amen. Boy, I've been doing the gardening thing too, and it is is a spiritual experience. Some of those things have such long roots, Mm -hmm. and you can't get them out. Mm -hmm. And you know if you don't get the root, it's coming right back, isn't it? (laughs) you got to get the root. And uh, sometimes the the weeds and the flowers are growing parallel right next to each other. Mm -hmm. The beauty and the curse, you know? So um, uh, what about you, Christine, last thoughts about fear? Um, I would just encourage people that, you know, it is a process. Um, I sometimes will look back a month and say, wow, I I feel like I haven't advanced very much this month. And my husband will be like, honey, let's look at where you were two years ago. You've come leaps and bounds. So I just encourage people that it is a process to get used to listening to the truth. Mm -hmm. It's a process. And uh, you know, some people may be immediately delivered. I have not been one of those people. <laughs> it's something that God uses daily to just keep me close to Him. But I would just say, don't be too hard on yourself. It's a process. Um, as you continue to seek God's truth, your mind will be renewed. Yeah. But it's a process. Yeah. And we need to look at where we were, um, you know, years ago instead mm-hmm. of maybe last week. Because, you know, there are different battles that come into our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to look at the large picture of how far you've come. Mm-hmm. And going back great. to what you said earlier, don't judge yourself. Yes, don't it's judge so yourself. important because you don't need to have Satan's guilt on top of your mm-hmm. fear. That's not going to help you. So. On top of everything else. Exactly. Well, my mantra is always remember that we're body, soul, and spirit. And so take care of your body. If there's something physical going on, don't live small and powerless and limited when the the wonderful innovation of medication can give you your life back. (laughs) So you do need to make sure that physically your body is receiving the chemicals that it needs and that you're in alignment. Mm -hmm. And then your body, soul, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions. 
be careful what you put in front of your face, what you watch. Mm-hmm. I like forensic files, but I discovered that after watching it for a while, it's just not good for my spirit and my mm-hmm. soul. So look at your emotions. Are you Do you have some unresolved trauma? Are you putting fearful things in your view? Are you watching scary music, uh, scary movies? Mm-hmm. Are you listening to lyrics and music that's wrong? That stuff, you might be okay for a moment, but the next day or that night when you lay your head on the pillow, you'll be traumatized by fear. Fear will try to sneak in. So let's do some work in the soul. Mm-hmm. We have to drive some things out and, like you said, renew that mind mm-hmm. and then understand the spirit realm that just for sport, Satan may attack you with fear. Mm-hmm. And that is overcome by the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony to open our mouth and to speak that out and to do that warfare. And so in that way, we overcome fear and trusting God. Get relationship with God. Yeah. So much fear is alleviated by saying, Lord, I don't know what to do, but you do, and my life is in your hands. I don't have to have you know, so many fears have their end result in death. Mm-hmm. And when we understand that, death has no sting over the believer anymore, that death has been conquered by Jesus Christ, and to be dead in this body is to be alive in God. That's another whole discussion. But it is true that fear, opening up your pool, instead of having exciting thoughts, it was a fearful thought that ended in death and loss. And and, and so we, uh, as we get going in this topic of fear, remembering that we overcome by having a great relationship with Jesus, too, trusting mm-hmm. him. Believing yeah. and knowing how much he loves us. Cause it, it, it is true that his perfect love casts out all fear. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely true when we sit down with the Lord. It is like <laughs> it is like spiritual Xanax. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, today you may be listening to this program, and you yourself have battled with fear, and we want to pray for you and just agree for you. That in the name of Jesus Christ, every fear will bow at the name of Jesus. That every fear that plagues you and battles you and attacks you and every fiery dart of Satan will come falling down, void and powerless and unaffected. In Jesus' name, we take authority over a spirit of fear and we say to you, you have a sound mind, the mind of Christ. Your mind is peaceful and calm. Your heart, your body, your soul, free in Jesus' name. Whatever is true and pure and lovely and a good report, you dwell and meditate on those things. And the things that are fearful and negative and bring anxiety, you cast them down in the name of Jesus. They flee from you. We declare it to be true and to be so in Jesus' name. Set free from fear this day, we pray. Amen. Well, amen. Thank you, girls, for being with me today. I appreciate it so very much. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. This is Dawn Scott Damon, your freedom coach, saying, God bless you, freedom girls. Keep the freedom in Jesus' name. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. (laughs) We're out. You've been listening to the Freedom Girls Sisterhood with your freedom coach, Dawn Scott Damon. Take time to visit my website, thefreedomgirls.com.